Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friends, welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I definitely do not recommend listening to today's episode on an empty stomach because today we are joined by chef Elisa Reynolds, who is the owner and chef behind one of LA's most beloved restaurants, My Two Cents. She refers to her cuisine as evolved nostalgia, a place where she blends Southern comfort food and mixes it into a modern diet. Think gluten-free shrimp grits and a vegan peach cobbler. Both items so good that some of her biggest fans include Solange and Issa Rae. Now she's the host of a Dear Media podcast called My Last Meal, where she asks some of her most famous customers, from Taco and Sid Bennett to Daniel Kaluuya, what their indulgence meal would be if it was their last, and how food is intertwined in every emotion that we have. In this episode, Chef and I discuss the importance of food and community what her last meal would be, and how she's making a mark on the Los Angeles food scene. Make sure that you guys listen and subscribe to My Last Meal, which is now available on Dear Media. It is such a good show. I really enjoyed binging it while preparing for this episode. I hope you guys love today's show. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing week ahead, everyone. Here's my friend, Chef Elisa Reynolds. All right, Chef. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm excited to be here. I am such a fan of your podcast. I cannot even tell you. Yay. It's I, fresh and new. It is, but you're doing a... Here's the thing. I have a thing for podcasts that answer a question. Right. I think that that's really powerful. Yes. And I think when you... Just so our listeners know, she has a chef called... She has a chef. She has a podcast <laughs> called My Last Meal. And she invites guests onto the show where she asks people what their final indulgence would be. But it is so fascinating because you have so many different guests on there that I just love and adore from all walks of life. Yeah. Entertainers, other chefs, whatever it is. My and neighbor. Your neighbor. And mm-hmm. it's a question that everyone can relate to. Yeah. What would it be? Mm-hmm. What would it be for you? Everyone's asked that. And, you know, I haven't had any chefs on yet. And I'm excited to do that because from a chef perspective, it's very hard because I I mean I'm glad I don't have to answer the question yet but you're asking me and right now if it was today I still don't know wow I have no idea I have no idea yeah I mean I love so many things but I'm so torn or I would eat myself to death (laughs) maybe I'll do that self-love or I often get the question if you're on a deserted island right you have one thing Mm -hmm. what do you have to eat forever yeah and I would say Bronzino. Wow. I can eat Bronzino every day. Did you eat that as a kid? 
I discovered it as it, when, when I started traveling. Okay. So in the Mediterranean, I discovered it on some fabulous boat. Ooh, Lux, tell us more. Yeah. One of my best friends from America married this beautiful, handsome Italian billionaire now with a B. And she's never coming back. And But she invites me. I was going to say, that seems like a fair trade. It is so good Fair because trip. every year, shout out to Simone, Montero, Denegre, three words now. Yeah, they have a place in Sardinia. They have a place, they have a vineyard. They, she has a place in Paris, so. Beautiful. What a beautiful and way to discover food. I know. And it's so funny because we used to live here in L.A. when we were younger, going to clubs, eating like rice. And that's it. Like with no furniture. <laughs> I love getting to talk to other born and bred L.A. people because I feel like sometimes I don't find them as much as I used to. I mean, I've got my people who are born and bred L.A. here, mm -hmm. but sometimes I feel like I don't get to meet other people who are You're born from and L.A.? Bred. Yeah, born and raised. I love you. I love you, too. You know why? <laughs> because there's nothing like a native. Yeah, it's true. And I'm not dissing all of our transplants, but what I'm saying is L.A. people are really so freaking cool. Yeah. I think because... We're born in the sun. We have this kind of love for our city that we never get to say because there's so many other people that aren't from here and they're always bashing it. But when we get together, we're like, we're the shit. I moved away for 10 years and I just moved back. Mm -hmm. And I will totally admit to the fact that L.A. wasn't I wasn't driving with it for a second. Uh huh. But I do think that that happens when you leave. You, you get a little bit of you get a little bit of that L.A. cynicism just by leaving. I won't lie. Exactly. Well, yeah. well it was like that when I moved to New York. So I, love I was in New, New York, York, too. Yeah, it's a, I that is it. a forever conflict. <laughs> exactly. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It's a great city and it's a city of the world. I don't think it's yeah. you know, there's three places that I've two places in America that are cities of the world. And that's New York and New, or New Orleans. New Orleans is one of my favorite places that I've ever been. I had such a unique experience there. That definitely, I went there when I was 16 by myself, was helping out an organization and was like forever changed from it. You don't go to a lot of cities where I find that locals are incredibly welcoming mm -hmm. in an overwhelming way. Right. Like, come into my house, let me cook for you. Exactly. Let me open up my family photo album and show you every single mm -hmm. niece and nephew and re distant relative. Right. I had not experienced that before. And I Unbelievable. was, it was right after Hurricane Katrina and I was helping rebuild in the lower ninth. Every single person on the block that lived there invited me into their home. Incredible. And cooked for me. Yeah. Amazing food. Never experienced anything like that. Yeah. One of the best meals I've ever had, not my last meal, but mm -hmm. one of my best, mm -hmm. was sitting out, I think we were in a park, and just a giant bag of crawfish. Say less. Amazing. It was. It was so simple. Mm -hmm. In a plastic bag. Yeah. It was, I still remember the taste today. Oh my God. I yeah. love that. I, I used to serve crawfish at my first restaurant here in LA. And I remember I drove a Volkswagen Bug and I pick up the live crawfish from downtown at my fish purveyor. And I had forgot I had to go to the gym. Like I had a session with a trainer. And when I got back, all those crawfish were everywhere. They were, I opened the door of the car and they were like, it was so <laughs> crazy. And I'm in Paramount's lot, like, <gasps> throwing these crawfish back in the... Oh, my God. It was such a wild young chef moment. Oh, my God. I've never seen anything. They they were getting it. I don't know what I would do. I freaked out a yeah, little Yeah, I would have freaked out. 
I would have freaked, freaked out. out a little bit. And there was like a couple of dead ones like the next day. Ooh. It was crazy. No, no. I would love to know growing up here, where did you eat all the time? Growing up in L.A., um, well, my parents have been married for 56 years. So I'm from one of those families that ate together every night. And on Friday nights, we would go out to dinner. There's a... <laughs> I can't wait. I'm a chef <laughs> I can't now. wait. I mean, we did the basics like, you know, when, you know, uh, Sizzler after church on Sunday. But Friday night, there's a it's a hotel. And like ret in retrospect, I'm like, wow, as a little kid, I thought that was like serious fine dining off the 405. What is that little tower? Oh, my God. The Lux Hotel. Yeah. It's well, ca now literally it's called the Lux Hotel, right? Yeah. 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 The, but back the round then, one. Yeah. But back then it was like something else. They changed the name. Yeah. It's been there forever. Forever. I don't know why. It's like a landmark. It's literally off the 405, right by the... Um, Sunset. Is yeah, that Sunset? Yeah, but by the Getty Center. Exactly. Right there. Do you understand that top? the top of it spins? Oh, my God, yes. Yes. I forgot that fact. But yeah. my parents, when we used to drive by it as a kid, would always be like, you know that that thing spins. And I'd be, I thought it was a spaceship. That's why I thought, this yeah. is fine, Danny. We have arrived. <laughs> I am sitting here spinning, and I'm eating... Spinning over the freeway. Spinning over the freeway. Like, I've arrived. This is Very amazing. LA. Yes. LA. Lux over the freeway. Hilarious, right? Yeah. So that was like one of my favorite places. And my parents always loved going out to, what is that? Like Hermosa Beach. Yeah. They were into jazz and there was like jazz on the waterfront or whatever. So wow. that was our that was our thing. And we would drive and get ice cream, you know, afterwards. My parents were so freaking cute. I love that. Yeah, so they're my best friends right now. What a foundation. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was rough like every other family, you of know. Of course. We got some war wounds and some, you know. I think that that's one of the crazy things about families. It's like there's no manuals. There's no manuals to life. That's why it's a free-for-all. That's why it's so beautiful. I don't think that if everything was good, then we wouldn't know what bad was. So it's kind of like this dance and then... You know, my dad used to always tell me, you come out of a hole by yourself and you go into a hole by yourself. What are you going to do between those two holes? It doesn't matter about anybody else. Nobody's jumping in that second hole with you and nobody came out the first hole with you. Not, you know, except if you're a twin or a septuplet or whatever like that. But it always, I always think about that. Life is two holes. What do we do between those? We'll be right back after a quick break. Since moving back to LA, I had to find a whole new slew of doctors. And in the beginning, I won't lie, it was no easy feat. Will they take your insurance, understand your needs, or be available when you need to see them? With ZocDoc, the answer can be a refreshingly pain-free yes. Finding and booking a doctor who's right for you shouldn't be a terrible experience. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews, and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. So when you walk into the doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. I actually got a new endocrinologist, gyno, dermatologist, and allergist all through ZocDoc. I went online and was able to make an appointment within the week too. And I really love my doctors. For the first time, I truly feel in control of my health. All you have to do is go to ZocDoc.com and choose a time slot and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. Plus, it adds to your calendar and it's just so seamless. No hold times or paperwork or referrals needed. Find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. 
Go to ZocDoc.com slash Olivia and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. And many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Olivia. ZocDoc.com slash Olivia. Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. And so today I want to share with you guys my all-time favorite swimmer line. And of course, I have a pretty major code so you can try it too. As a California girl, I have been wearing vitamin A for as long as I can remember. If you know my family and I, we are Malibu people. We're beach people. And my memories go so far back, I can actually remember going shopping with my mom as a kid and her shopping for vitamin A. Vitamin A is a sustainably produced luxury bikinis, swimsuit, and beachwear brand designed and made locally in California, where we live, work, and swim. Their bikinis, bodysuits, and loungewear are designed to last with exceptional quality and a flawless fit. Their colors are also absolutely gorgeous, from coppers to ocean blue, and they have a fit for everyone. My favorite style, and I know one that I'm going to live in all summer, is the Moss Bralette Top. I have a bit of a smaller bust, but it's actually the perfect cut for any size, with amazing support and in colors that just make me want to hit the beach. I actually pair it with a California high leg bottom, which is a bit more of a low cheeky fit, but they also have a high rise style for any comfortability level. Plus, no one rivals vitamin A when it comes to cover-ups. From dresses to linen shirts, you can throw anything on after a swim and go straight to lunch by the beach and be impossibly chic. Vitamin A has been giving back to the ocean from the start. Every vitamin A purchase prioritizes the health of our planet. Through their partnership with 1% for the Planet, they actually give back a portion from every sale to organizations that protect our oceans. So head over to Vitamin A Swim and get those suits ready for summer. Use code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's vitaminaswim.com and use code FRIEND for 20% off your first purchase. Now let's get back to the show. Your restaurant has such a sense of community. You have so many loyal customers and people that love you. And I, I always think about that. You know, I feel like a fantasy a lot of people have is the idea of, and maybe it's just me, I'll speak for myself, but mm-hmm. this idea of having some sort of like community restaurant. For me, it's always like, that's always been an off dream of mine. It's like a community bakery, a community coffee right. shop where people come together. And I really think that comes from the way that the things that you learn at the family dinner table, mm-hmm. like that desire to continue to bring people together over food. Exactly. That's always something that I think about. Was there anything in your childhood sitting at that family table that kind of feels like a tenant of your restaurant today? Consistency in the love. Like the fact that we did that together no matter what is consistent. And I think that consistency is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. How those flavors. I mean, literally, I'm a chef and I dug in my mom's pot the other day and I was like, holy shit. Can I curse? Yes. Okay. How is this? I said, how do you get this so consistently perfect. And she looked at me like, what is wrong with you? Could you stop talking to me like a chef? I'm like, your gravy, it tastes like 1975 still. How did you do that? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. But those kind of things, like yeah, something that she can make that can transport me to one years old, you know what I mean, yeah. is insane. And I think that's part of it. And also my partying years, you know, the Ibiza, the Burning Man, the all those things. Burning Man is a community. Yeah. And so and as a child, we went on a vacation every year. So we had a camper and a motorhome and a boat. So we always were I was I guess it was all about that for me, like community, especially burning and especially camping as a child. All of that kind of things. You would meet people on the road and then all of a sudden you guys are camping together and you know, around the lake, 
Yeah. You know, I'm one of those like little nature girls, I guess. But I I love community. And also I'm French trained. So I wanted to change my career and create something that was more less. Uh, 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 it has to be perfect and more like, you know, it has to be beautiful and and feel your soul kind of thing. I wanted food as a hug. You opened My Two Cents in L.A. in 2013. And it is such a it's such a place that I feel like people just love. It's such a landmark in L.A. now. It's almost, wild. Almost a decade. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's so crazy. And it's so beautiful. And I just, you know, no matter what you're doing, if you're loving what you do or try to find something that you love what you do, it doesn't matter how much money. I was losing it. I had no more no, no money. I, I hadn't paid my rent because I wanted to pay my employees. Like, it got crazy, but I love it. So, you know, it's not like, for me, it's not an option. You see what I mean? To close or to, you know, once you start serving your community, you just don't think of anything else to do. You know what I mean? And I just want to continue to do that and continue to expand on how I do that. You know, my two senses, like, when we first opened it, I was like, let's do anti-marketing. Let's work on the people that come in here and not the people on the computer that, you know, we're the best and da 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 So I had this whole thing. When you walk in, we yell welcome. When you leave, we yell thank you. If it's your first time, we do this dance and we like da 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 And it's like, first timer. We do all this stuff because I wanted to prove that if you make people feel good, it's just as powerful as having followers. It's the same. If you could touch three people that come in this restaurant that holds 24, they'll bring back six. We used to have this um, thing on Sundays called Cypher Sundays. And we would invite, you know, all my servers were in a band, and now they're blowing up right as we speak. That's so fun. What's Four it called? Of them. It's called Coast Contra, and they, they're a hip-hop band. And um, they worked at my restaurant until, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm so proud of them, but they were able to be a part of something like My Two Cents. And they, they used to always say, Chef, we, we're walking down the street and people yell out there calling, My Two Cents! Like, because it was such a place of love. And I told them, if you love what you do, you just keep doing it. You don't have to tell every celebrity that comes in here that you're a rapper. They see your work ethic. They see how you interact with them. So once you get on, they're going to be like, oh my God, those are those kids. We love them. Right. But, but, you know, some people need to understand that your passion is your asset. You know what I mean? Not. Not your identity. Exactly. Yeah. That was well put. I was looking for that. See what L.A. girls do? We got to stick together. Exactly. But no, I, you know, I'll also say that like the, I've, I've definitely had to work through that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm 28. Mm-hmm. So career oriented since yeah. I was really young and. That's something that I've even had to shed for a little while. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, I have a, I, I love what it is that I do, but I think when you find your passion young, it's hard to sift through. Is it your identity? Is it who you are? You right. know, it became, it, it felt so consuming for a little while. Right. Yeah. But that's a good part of life. I want people to understand, be overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, stop freaking out. Be overwhelmed. Of course, the chef is good under pressure. I love pressure. Yeah. And I'm very thick skinned. So maybe it's easy for me to say all this shit. And somebody out there is like, oh my God, I wish I could be like that. But you can. She's perfectly primed for a podcast, guys. You know what I mean? I hope so. No, I do love your podcast. We were talking about this earlier, just being able to 
speak freely, I think, is a thing that we don't have many opportunities or that there are not that many spaces where we can do that today. Right. A lot of criticism. And I think I love what you do with your show because I do think that you say your opinions and you speak freely and you say what's on your heart. Mm -hmm. You don't get that a lot. Yeah. And that's that's unfortunate because I rather have more opinions than less criticism. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because how do we want to live in a diverse world if we don't want to listen to everybody's opinion? Right. You know what I mean? And it's almost like today people find that a disagreement is is adversity almost. Or it, just because you disagree with someone means that they deserve to be canceled. We can't have this like open forum and level playing field of dialogue and discussion. Well, the same people that say our democracy is going away are the same, some of the same people that cancel people. So like, how do we, how do we navigate this thing if we don't get to say everything, things that hurt and things that feel good? Like, you know what I mean? And things that are wrong. Why do we even have a word called evolve if we can't be able to do that? Right. Okay. I said some fucked up shit when I was in high school, but now I'm 40 and I get fired from a great job because I did like that's that is insane. Yeah, you don't really leave a lot of room for evolution. Right. There's something that I love. I was in learning more about you. You like to call your food evolved nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I keep hearing you say evolve a lot. And I feel like this is just such a, it feels something that's very close to your heart. Can you tell us a little bit about the idea of evolved nostalgia? Evolved nostalgia is, well, in the, in the, in, in the bit of soul food, it's like, okay, it started with something very painful, then it turns into comfort food. How is that? You know what I mean? It's wild because the cuisine evolved. So evolved nostalgia means in the, in the space is there's some things from the past that we need to evolve, but then the nostalgicness is the good things that we miss. Right. You know, and I believe that we as Americans need to get into it evolve where we need to evolve. And there's some still good parts of the past. You see what I'm saying? And and not just walk around like we can't say anything. You know, I feel that evolving means not canceling. It means understanding and growing. So our food used to be, you know, heavily salted or, you know, Say my greens. My greens are vegan. But the collard greens started with salted meat in them to preserve because there was no refrigerators and blah, blah, blah. And now we know that that is not the healthiest way to eat greens. But if I can make them taste like there's meat in them, that's evolved nostalgia without the meat. You see what I mean? I love that. So I, I, I practice that as, what do you call it, a life? Mantra, you know, that gratitude, it works, people. And that's what happened at My Two Cents. Like for me, I said, you don't know how much people want to hear welcome. They don't even know how much. But when you say welcome and thank you, and hey, because I teach my servers, like it's not only knowing, because what happens is we get cool and then people want to work for me that are cool and don't even know why we got cool. And we got cool because we paid attention to every single person and we actually thank them and welcome them and maybe gave a compliment. That's what, what how we end during our training. Like, yeah, if you like her shirt, say, hey, great shirt. 
You don't understand how that changed. The little baby things can change somebody's day. We'll be right back after a quick break. If you're a fellow dog parent, I'm going to let you in on my best kept secret that not only helped me train Bodhi, but became some of his favorite things in the world. Check out Diggs Pet. They offer a range of crates and training tools that have become both Bodhi's safe places at home, but also my lifesavers. When Diggs Pet CEO Zell adopted his rescue dog, he found that there weren't that many high quality, well-designed products out there for her. He founded Diggs to give pet parents a better option. Their hero product is the Revolve Crate. It made crate training so easy that Bodhi actually slept eight hours straight his first night at home. When buying a Diggs crate, your dog is getting the very best. It's an attractive, collapsible dog crate that's easy to set up, transport, and store. It literally takes me 10 seconds to break down Bodhi's crate, and the wheels make it incredibly easy to get from our house, to the car, to our next destination, making sure that we bring Bodhi's home with us wherever we go. There's also convenient features like an included puppy divider that I moved further back over time and a ceiling hatch for easy accessibility. I'm also obsessed with their groove toy. It made Bodhi fall in love with his crate. It locks right onto the crate door and you can fill it with anything from their food to Bodhi's personal favorite, peanut butter. The licking helps to calm them down, but also associates their crate with all the happiest memories. All of their products are made by industry standard materials because our pets deserve it. They have a really special in-house team of designers that work to develop every product to be the best it can be. A year after getting Bodhi, I can say that anything from Diggs Pet is at the top of my must-have list for dog parents. So visit www.digs.pet and use code PODCAST20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's digs.pet, D-I-G-G-S dot P-E-T for 20% off your first order. Now let's get back to the show. We share so many moments over food. I thought about this recently because I did... I like did a body cleanse like two years ago. Oh, nice. It was good. Felt great. Mm-hmm. But it forced me to kind of cut out a lot of things that I love to eat. Oh, I'm a boy. big foodie. Like I yeah. love to go out to dinner. I love to share that with friends. But I was like, okay, let's do a little reset. I never realized how much of my social life and joy is around is food. Around food. Yeah. As dumb as this sounds, this sounds incredibly just naive. But in that that month of not really being able to go eat out, I was like, oh my gosh, so much of my fa- my favorite moments, these moments of connectivity where I sit with someone and share a memory or I share some sort of emotion, it is all around food. And I'm hoping that that we still continue that because going inside has pushed this delivery instant food. Yeah. And what are we doing? Where are these emotions being placed when we're not gathering, where we're not sitting around, listening to our friends. For people listening who maybe pop into my two cents after listening to this, what's the first thing they should order? What's the well, chef, I usually, chef's choice? Well, I usually say work your way from the top of the menu to the bottom because all of it is special. I've had people come in there and order 50. I had to cut people off like it was a bar. <laughs> Not a bad problem to have. Miss Brenda, I'm talking to you. If you're listening, that beet salad, you got to let it go. Sorry, babe. She orders a beet salad for since 2013, once a week, twice a week. Loyalty. 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 I would say the shrimp and grits. That's my favorite dish that I, I mean, I wrote the menu. I wrote each recipe out because I put one meat, one fish, one, you know, the once I start saying stuff, then I'm like, oh, that too, that too. But you should have the grit fries too. I make fries out of grits. Mm. And we also... So I called them grise. I made up some words. I love that. Grise and then groutons for the Caesar. Yeah. I'm starving now. And it is 
80% gluten-free and we got about 50%, 40% vegan. So we have some good options for everybody. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it really is amazing to see different, just different foods evolve, as you were saying. Yeah, and, and I call my cuisine here, people are like, what is it? I call it Cali South. Yeah. Because it's conscious in that way. It's it's local and it has tacos on it. So, yep, Cali South. You, you gotta go. have tacos on it. Oxtail tacos, by the way. Oof, so amazing. Good. With some whiskey reduction, it's really good. Okay, you're going too far now. Yeah, I know. I'm I know. Get so hungry. <laughs> you've had this restaurant for ten years. What do you think is the most crucial thing you've learned? She's like, I hate this question, but I do feel you are a very insightful, wise person. Um, I think the the biggest lesson I've learned is I'm thinking I'm going through it right now is you gotta not try to control everything. You know what I mean? That's the biggest lesson. I, I need to let people in to do certain things. I took it all on myself. You know what I mean? Delegate. And that can that can be hard on your health, your knees, your 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 stress levels. And also, it doesn't allow you to do what you really want to do, which is, for me, is cook and create. But no, I had to go and pay bills. I had to go do it all. And, you know, as people, you won't be able to grow because everything gets in your head. And now, right now, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm We're expanding a little bit. I got a place across the street that's going to be Another idea I, I haven't sorted out yet in my head. There's a couple of good ones, but it's going to be great. That is so exciting. And I brought on a director of operations, and every day it's a fight because I'm like, ah, no, they have. To, it has to feel the same. It can't. This is you're turning it into Chipotle. I don't want it that. You know what I mean? Because she's yeah. getting so serious on each and everything, and she's like, you have all this stuff in your head. You have to let it out, and you have to. It needs to be in this section and systems. And when she says the word system, you lose it. I'm like, because there's no there's no system in a hug, you know, no No system in a hug. But I will say that, like, my biggest thing that even I have to focus on all the time is if you want something new, you want growth, you have to make room for it. It's not just going to happen if you're so claustrophobic in your own way. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to got to carve a little bit out, give it to someone else for you Mm -hmm. to grow and evolve your thought process, too. Mm -hmm. It can't always just be this because I get very in my head, too. And then all of a sudden I'm in a room and it's just me and my thoughts. Yeah. Whereas if I open the door a little bit, I get some fresh air. Right. It's so true. And especially for black people, like we are. We're known for that. Like, we'll have this amazing business. We'll have this thing. And it's so special, but we don't know. I don't know. I'll speak for myself because I don't want all the blacks getting mad at me. But sometimes it feels like we don't get out of our own way. Open the window. Get some fresh air. Because there's like, you know, I have a friend who has a restaurant that all the recipes are in his head. How does that work? Well, it usually takes you three hours to get your food. because right. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody's going to have my grandmother's recipe. These kind of things, you know, this, you know, and he could have probably 10 of these restaurants or be... You know, but sometimes we don't get out of our heads because we're so sacred and so, you know, we want to preserve. Right. But we don't realize that we can do that, too, and expand. So that's what I learned. Like, everybody doesn't want my recipes to go somewhere, and, and they're not me. So how can they do it, you know what I mean, without me? I always think about that if you're 
if you have a kind of a gatekeeper mentality mm-hmm. that, which I think is fine. We want to protect and preserve things that we love. But I think at the end of the day, the thing that, that makes something sacred or special is the secret sauce that you bring into it. Exactly. Gatekeeping it almost can uh, eradicate it. Exactly. And then this is what I'm doing now. I'm expanding and I'm, it's a, the biggest learning lesson of my life. One of the biggest learning lessons of my life. I, I feel like I've had nine lives already. But yeah, that's the biggest thing that I've that I could take away. But one thing that I won't take away is the dedication, the 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 hundred hours a week that I put in there for every day. That's the over five thousand shrimp and grits personally I've made in in these in these years. Like, wouldn't give it up for for anything, you know, because it's less of the money. I mean, I felt great going to bed broke, but creating something that people love that they went happy, go home happy and they, you know, come in and say, I've been thinking about this place all week. That is success. Best feeling ever. You know what I mean? Because people, and I always tell people, success is not measured in your pocketbook. It's just not. Because I know some people with fat pockets that envy my life and will tell me, I got all these millions, but I envy you. You get to go and get loved on every day. I have to fire 10 people a day, you know? So we, as people, just really need to be grateful and everywhere you are. You know, someone was like talking about, I said, I love going to the DMV where the woman checks me out and she has like the pictures of her kids and like the little trophy from her son. That is success. She's successful because she's found happiness. It is not about, you know, Balenciaga and a Bugatti all the time. They're cute. But after you drive a Bugatti, you know, you're just in another car. You just launched a podcast on Dear Media. Hello, yeah. fellow Dear Media fam. Hello. I'm so excited about it. I love it. What was the inspo? What can we expect to see from it? Well, my last meal is basically an examination and, and it kind of of our connection with food in our lives and how it it strings together our timeline. And at the end, or if you were to lose your taste, what would you choose? Would you choose something from your childhood? Which usually, so far, it's, it's always, been. it's been that way, you know? And we're talking about, even if you change your eating habits. So if you're a vegan now, but when you weren't a vegan, you ate so much thing, you ate everything, your last meal would be, you ate like a glutton. Right. So I just wanted to just examine us humans on how close we are to food and how emotionally filled food is. Totally. You have it when you're sad, You when somebody lives, when somebody dies, when somebody celebrates something, there's always food around. So I just wanted to, you know, pick apart our relationship with food and how, you know, if we did have a chance to choose our last meal, what would that be? And the sentiment that that brings to people. So I thought it would be a cute idea to have and oh, it's a phenomenal show yeah if you guys are listening and want to find an episode taco and sid's episode is my favorite yeah i absolutely love them i think that they're like the most creative cool talented siblings ever mm-hmm. and their conversation was just amazing so start there yeah start there chef it was so fun to meet you today thank, thank you so much for coming on i really i'm such a big fan and i loved having you in for this conversation thank you of and course. i can't wait for you to come on my show i can't wait that swap is happening soon so yes. stay tuned everyone thank you
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.